Good morning and welcome to the Red Net Show, where it's always morning, even in the afternoon. I am your host, Jay Edgar, and I am back once again this week, very graciously too, by the way, by the one, or joined again once again by the wonderful Jessica Green, who came in at the very last minute to come and help me out after I found out that I had a family emergency late last week and didn't know what the hell I was going to do with no prep. Are you, you had your voice on or? Oh no, I do. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I, um, I was really enjoying, that's Ace of Base, right? Um, no, that is, uh, it's not Ace of Base. It's, uh, Daniel Leap. It's just a remix is all that it is. But, oh, um, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we're seeing. So, I was, um, I was grooving. Yeah, I was wondering, I was like, how do you get the rights to that song? <laughs> I, I don't. It's a copyright free version. That's okay. the reason that I did it. But um, yeah, I just had to. I had to go back while we were in the middle of this, going back off and try to figure out if I could turn uh, um, switch on the fly to get the event back in because I forgot to switch the event over on Restream too. So, oh, well, for on the fly, you did a really good job of pulling it all together. <sighs> Well, this is all going to be on the fly at this point, too. So, but we are here, we are live, we are ready to go, and we have got to talk about some news here. And we got to stay on task tonight because we're going to see if we can get you out of here early. And even if I've got to come and do some of the stuff on my own here at the end of this, uh, I know you're hurting right now, so I'm going to try and be as gracious as you can because you helped me out at the last minute, like I said. So, um, but we do have some stuff to get to today. The, the, la the last 24 hours have really changed what it is that we're going to be seeing out of the news here and possibly some of the other stuff we're going to be seeing out of the news cycle in weeks to come as well because mm -hmm. Afghanistan has fallen. Everybody, the ca the capital is gone. It's gone. And, well, Biden came out and made his big speech today, which I could see from your Twitter uh, feed that you saw on top of it, mm -hmm. too. So we will be talking yeah. a bit about that, um, some of the stuff that went on with that. And... Yeah, what what this means going forward off of this? Um, yeah, I was news, trying to go ahead. I was trying to catalog um, how many mispronounced words he said, um, and some of them were pretty good. I especially liked um, "secure." <laughs> that 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 is good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, in other news, we are going to be talking about the infrastructure package, too, and what's coming on with that. I'm going to try to keep that to a bit of a minimum today, even though there is some stuff to talk about, because we, we, we're we not moving much further than we were on Monday, except for the fact that the vote came down, like, right after we went off air last week. So um, we'll talk just a bit about that, but uh, we are going to be doing that on Across the Board this coming Saturday. It was supposed to be this past Saturday, but a uh, family emergency popped up, and, you know, that's part of the reason you're here, too. So um, we will touch on some of what this means and where that goes. Also happening shortly after we went off the air last night, or last week, rather, uh, Governor Cuomo has officially resigned. We were having a will-he-won't-they last week, talking about whether he will or not. Well, the next morning, that all became irrelevant because he did indeed resign, so... He's got another seven days to sit in the office and do whatever the hell he wants to do. But yes, effective Tuesday next week, he is done. He is gone. Right. So Jennifer Rubin decided to tell us how great it was that New York is going to have its first woman governor. And we'll talk just a bit about that. And lastly, we've got plenty of COVID stuff to talk about, even though I think that's going to be falling to the wayside too, including a suggestion that we might have to have your papers, please, as you pass between states which I think was about the most ridiculous fucking thing that I've ever heard of. Now, the Biden admin is saying they're not considering, but the fact that it came out 
is telling over where this administration is going. It's going to be all of this and more, plus a little bit of surprise stupidity at the end, no matter which story we have to end on, over here on the Red and Edge show. Thanks, everybody, for coming back and checking us out over on YouTube. Uh, BitChute. No, we're not on BitChute yet. That'll be uh, after the fact. We're live on YouTube, DLive, Twitch, uh, Facebook, and Trovo. So come and check us out on all those platforms. They are all linked in the description of all of the platforms as well. So you can come back and hit all of the platforms, come back and hang out with us, and come out and go. Um, otherwise, if you can't catch us live, you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com as well. Come back and check that out. Um, it's always a great time. Plus, the audio platform is back as well. So you can go check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can go check us out on all those platforms and it yeah it's a great time and one other announcement before we get started here i do want to tell everybody to go check out remzo martinez for on the run because he just dropped the episode where i was on that was a very very emotional episode where i talked about the fact that my ex-girlfriend tried to convince me to kill myself yeah it was uh it was a good hour. We had a good conversation about it, um, a little bit of the grief, a little bit of the dealing process off of that. It was a great episode, and I do have a recording of it as well that I will put up on my audio platform on top of all this. But do make sure you go check out Remzo Martinez and his edition of that. Give him the view. Give him the listen. He is a great guy, great friend, and I definitely recommend going and listening to all the rest of his uh, podcast uh, episodes as well. You didn't know about that, did you? I did actually. Oh. The yikes was for effect. <laughs> oh. Because when you say something like that so deadpan, I don't know. I just need, felt the need to add like a big yikes to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being a decade past it, it, it makes it easier to be deadpan. But yeah, I mean, going back and talking about stuff that I did not talk, I've not talked about for probably a good eleven years. Yeah. Was a little bit emotional. Yeah. So that was. I that can was imagine. Very, that was very powerful as well. So um, do, before we get started, go and um, go tell everybody a little bit about yourself. I know you were just here last week, but it uh, looks like we do have some new names in here also. So go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about you, where they can find you, and what you're all about. Well, my name is Jessica Green. You can find me mostly on Twitter. I'm at, at SoupCanArchist. If you'd like spicy tweets and hot takes, I've got them for you. Hot <laughs> off the presses every day. Um, but I also have a weekly podcast with my partner in crime, Cam Harless. It's called The Mad Ones. If you go to YouTube, which is our main platform, um, you should search We Are The Mad Ones. And we have a yellow and black logo. Uh, the Mad Ones is a Jack Kerouac quote. So just searching The Mad Ones will reveal tons and tons of content. But We Are The Mad Ones brings you directly to our channel. We're also on Rockfin and Odyssey. Um, if you go to Rockfin, you can find our entire catalog there. Whereas YouTube is just our most recent 10 episodes. This week, we are talking to an amazing guest, our friend Kim. Um, she's going to be talking to us about the philosophy of stoicism, which I don't know a terrible lot about. So I'm really interested in talking to her. So um, we do a live chat event at 10 o'clock on Wednesday, every Wednesday. Um, definitely come join the live chat and learn some stuff about philosophy while you're there. All right. I'm going to catch a little bit of live chat so we don't have to catch up with so much of it at the end of the lightning round here. Nephilim Ninja is here, says good afternoon. Eric Bowman is here, which is, um, we, we all know who that is, but um, he, he had to make a new Twitch account and he doesn't want to use his real name anymore. So thank you, Eric, for coming in here. Aimless Gamer wants to know, is this stream disabled friendly? It is. We're not going <laughs> to be like We stand with those... Dan. 
We're not going to be like those those heavily bigoted uh, LGBTQ streamers over on Twitch. This is a disabled right. friendly stream. Stand with Dan. Uh, Eric Bowman says, is that a goddamn? Uh, McConnell Smuggles Coke is here. DLive is a conspiracy theory. As he says on DLive, of course. <laughs> Eric says, bitch shoot sure does sound like a cuss word. Download that interview and we'll be listening. Yeah, it's uh, it is audio only, but yes, that was that was incredibly powerful. That awesome hype man, Quest Fanning, shared this stream, uh, stream on Twitter. I bet he wouldn't mind if you retweeted it. Um, let me let me go do that real quick. I can do that very very quickly, but we do have to get into this and go. So just just real quick, Quest is in every sense of the word a true mensch. He is a great guy. He is the hype man of the internet. And we love you, Quest. You're the best. <laughs> Bacallus Bumbles Coke is going to be back. He's going to go get make modern art on a porcelain bowl. Oh, God. Oof. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> on that note, we do need to get into the news here and see what we've got going on, including a couple things that I think we need to catch up on from last week, a couple of updates. Uh, mostly, we don't have a lot of lightning round, but we do have some updates that I want to touch on here. Um, starting with the Blaze, CNN helps to raise $230,000 for a single mom of three over eviction. And then they issue a major correction because those were not her kids. <laughs> Uh, you guys, you CNN viewers are so gullible, so easy. Uh, reading from the blaze, CNN was forced to issue a major correction after airing a story that helped raise more than $230,000 for a woman who said she was a single mom of three children and was facing eviction. Dasha Kelly's story captivated CNN's audience when she recounted how she lost her job and would be evicted from her Las Vegas, Nevada home after the federal eviction moratorium ended. Throughout the segment, three little children huddled closely with Kelly on her couch. CNN publicized a GoFundMe campaign for Kelly and it quickly garnered more than $230,000 in donations. Kelly claimed she was the mother of the three children in the description of the account, but it turns out they were her boyfriend and another woman's kids. Womp womp. Uh, people can people can go and request to go uh, fund me to have a refund given if they want to have the refund. So this is not like the AOC one where they just automatically gave the money back. You actually have to go request it on this one. Oh, that probably means she'll get a significant portion of the money because even once like a story is retracted, it doesn't matter. Only a percentage of the people who heard the original story are going to hear the retraction. So this woman probably still made a mint off of this lie. So. Honestly, you know, good for her. She grifted and she won. It's always a gamble. Especially in Vegas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, NBC Nightly News put this picture up on the screen the other night uh, in a very, very dystopian fashion. And the internet caught on to it. I thought this was fake when I first saw this, by the way. I did not realize. Four people independently verify it for me. But I thought this was fake. Uh, potential terror threats, opposition to COVID measures. Claims of election fraud belief Trump can be reinstated. 9-11 anniversary and religious holidays. Yeah, that's I saw that one as well. And it did come off like some like a meme or something yeah. that someone had made on Photoshop. I was I, astonished I, to find out it was real. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's I mean, that's the Department of Homeland Security saying this off here. Um, additional so are details. They saying, are they saying that? Um, 
religious holidays are just targets for terrorism or that religious holidays or wanting religious holidays themselves make you suspicious of being a terrorist. I didn't, I wasn't quite sure what they were like saying with that. Cause like Christmas is a religious holiday. See, I don't know about that either. Um, I, I think it's going to be the dates that are going to be the targets because that's where people are out going out and doing their things like Black Friday. That's where you get a lot of people right. in the mall. But I, no, right. I, I don't even want to pretend to try and be in the minds of the Department of Homeland Security at this point. Right. They're wicked. <laughs> They're evil people. That's fair. Um, additional details coming straight from the DHS, though, uh, through the remainder of 2021, racially or ethnically motivated violent extremists and anti-government, anti-authority violent extremists will remain a national threat priority for the U.S. These extremists may seek to exploit the emergence of COVID-19 variants by viewing the potential reestablishment of public health restrictions across the United States as a rationale to conduct attacks. Pandemic-related stressors have contributed to increased societal strains and tensions, driving several plots by domestic violent extremists and may contribute to more violence this year. Great. So once again, the terrorists are completely set up by the government in the first place, created and set up by the actions of the government because, you know, who institutes the lockdowns, guys? It's (laughs) (laughs) y'all. A little bit of Gavin news for you guys. Uh, Newsom's office crafted law protecting PG&E after company's crimes killed 84 people. Firepower money investigation. Uh, reading from ABC 10, out of Sacramento, three days after Governor Newsom celebrated his 2018 election victory, one of his major corporate campaign uh, donors caused a mass killing. The Pacific Gas and Electric Company pleaded guilty in June of 2020 to felony involuntary manslaughter for killing 84 Californians in the 2018 Camp Fire. PG&E's officials walked out of court to go back to work, turning a profit aided by state policies Newsom crafted to help the company. Just the depth of it, it's shocking, said Steve Bradley, a retired Cal Fire dispatcher whose grandmother was killed by PG&E. Even when they are held criminally responsible, nobody actually takes the responsibility. So what's to stop them? It's like that um, commercial, that BP commercial from that South Park episode. Or like he's laying on the beach and he's like, we're sorry. <laughs> and then he's in front of a fireplace. We're sorry. I mean, you still, you're still the CEO, EO, you still make the decisions. Nothing is actually going to happen to you. You don't even personally have to pay the fines that they're probably going to levy against you. So there's no responsibility. Why should you prevent it from ever happening again? You have no incentive to do that. The incentives are all wrong here. Um, in the months after the crime, Newsom not only signed a new financial protection for PG&E into a law, his office hired private lawyers in New York who wrote the legislative language. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the corporation will receive, what this will translate into is the corporation will receive even higher levels of protection than any of the people them they might potentially slaughter with their negligence. So thanks. Thank Great. you. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's listen to the uh, Laura Ingram and the Bar Rescue guy um, saying they only feed a military dog at night causing a hungry dog or because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. Let's listen to these two. I'm not an economic professor. If you get 
$800 a week unemployment benefits, and you live with a partner who also is getting $800 a week unemployment benefits, $1,600 a week, Laura, $83,000 a year for that household in unemployment benefits. The median income in America is only $63,000. We're incentivizing people to stay home. What if we gave that additional unemployment benefits to employers to incentivize people to go to work? Well, what if, what if we just cut off the unemployment? I mean, hunger is, a, it, hunger is a pretty powerful thing. I don't mean physical hunger, because people who truly in, are in need need help. I'm talking about people who can work but refuse to work. But the government is, is literally putting anvils in many ways on people's shoulders, either through the mandates, regulations, and now through free money, which obviously we're all going to, the piper eventually has to be paid. Uh, John, yep. John, I want to ask you, though, about this, this idea of work-life balance. Because, look, no one wants to miss their kids growing up. No one wants to, you, know, you stay in the office your whole life, you, you, you never see your family. So I, that's really important. However, have we taken that a step too far when you think of, well, a lot of the millennials talking about, well, I need time for self-care. I don't know why I'm harping on that tonight, but the whole self-care movement is a little, I mean, my mother's not with us anymore, but she worked by the time she was 12 during the Depression. If she heard the self-care thing, I think her head would explode. <laughs> you know, I think that's right. Old I school. have a friend in the military who trains military dogs, Laura, and they only feed a military dog at night because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. Well, if we're not causing people to be hungry to work, that, then we're providing them with all the meals they need sitting at home. I'm completely with you, Laura. These benefits make absolutely no sense to us. And on top of the impact of not getting them. Wow, they said a lot of things. <laughs> you want to weigh in on some of this? Do I want to weigh in? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't, Principally, I, I agree with the idea that um, paying people to stay home is creating the employment shortage that we have. I got an email from a pizza place uh, that is local to me, a small business pizza place, um, informing us that they were going to have to be raising their prices by 20 to 50%. And the Ooh. whole email was apologetic and you could just sort of like feel the defeat coming from this business owner. And he's like, look, we have to attract employees. We have to be able to like provide um, our customers with quality ingredients. And there are just, you know, shortages of both employees and materials. We have to raise our prices and we're so, so sorry. And um, so like principally, I agree that pay paying people money to stay home is creating an economic problem. However, this attitude of, you know, <laughs> a, a hungry dog is a loyal dog, like that's the incentive being used by the government, <laughs> you know, to, to keep people attached to them. They're trying to mm -hmm. enact a, a pseudo, I, I, I don't know if I would call it full on communism, but certainly some level close to it. And, you know, it, this, this attitude that the people, I, I, Laura Ingram's on Fox News, right? Yes. Okay. So her evincing that attitude of, well, you don't need to take care of yourself and, oh, you guys are nothing but dogs. That feeds into the government narrative of these people. They don't even consider you human. You know, you deserve a living wage. Well, yeah, mm -hmm. you know, a living wage is something that, that people do need. It's, it's complicated. This is a, a very, um, bad look for these people if if they're 
goal is to get people out into the workforce again, referring to them as dogs who don't deserve care or deserve, deserve to watch their children grow up incentivizes them to cling to the people who are like, no, 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 here, have money. You deserve a work-life balance. You deserve more. Like, I don't know, just me hearing that principally, I agree with them. And I was still like, man, don't say that. It just, Mm -hmm. it looks so bad. All right. Um, Another kick in the balls for the Biden admin, federal judge orders Biden admin to reinstate the remain in Mexico policy. Yeah. Uh, federal judge late Friday revived a Trump-era immigration policy that ordered asylum seekers to remain in Mexico as they waited for the U.S. Uh, court hearings. Uh, this was Judge Matthew Kazmarek, who is a Trump appointee, so that's going to get ripped the fuck apart in the news media. Um, yeah, he was I already Missouri saw that they are. Uh, yeah, he put the order in place, and they have a week to make a decision on how to implement it. Yeah, and these are the people who are you know, willing to obey the law. That's not, that's irrespective of the people who are just coming over the border in the places where the border is not sealed. You've seen the videos, same as I have, of people just sort of like streaming over the border. It's Mm -hmm. not really like, okay, great. So you're preventing the people who might obey the law from coming in. That doesn't, that doesn't stem the tide. That's not going to really do anything. Uh, Reading from Axios. Uh, the UN's alarming climate report failed to register, let alone resonate with a focus group of swing voters. It shows that even the most headlining, grabbing climate news failed to break through the noise. Translation. Yeah. We we can't, our fear porn isn't working. Make more fear porn. Yeah. Something that I noticed too is that, you know, they, okay, so there were a lot of articles that came out throughout the lockdown talking about how great the lockdowns were for the climate how great the lockdowns were for the environment. So they're going to say, okay, these lockdowns, they worked on COVID. Now we're in this climate crisis. So we have every excuse that we need, every legal um, structure and scaffolding that we need to declare a climate emergency. And therefore we can institute lockdowns based on that. But if, you know, so they do these focus groups to find out, you know, are people really buying this attitude of climate change? Well, they don't for the most part, because for every person that's putting out a fear porn article, there is a photograph of a coastline the way that it was in the 1920s. And the coastline is right where it is, you know, here a hundred years later. So it doesn't, you know, the the sale is not there. You're not making the argument to me that the sea levels are rising. I don't see it. All right. Uh, Let's see. I got a few more here. Um, Minneapolis to limit police traffic stops for minor violations. Uh, This is coming in the wake of the Dante Wright shooting. And now Minneapolis police are not going to be able to pull you over for a seatbelt ticket, something hanging in the window, or expired tags. And you knew they had to throw that last one on there because that's what they got Dante Wright for before he pulled out a gun. Yeah. I mean, principally, I don't think that, you know, you should be pulling people over for like stupid offenses. Cause a lot of that is like a uh, revenue generating for the state and doesn't have anything to actually do with like anybody's safety. So you're not only putting people in a place where they're ending up like paying out revenue to the state based on things that don't even hurt anyone, but you're also placing officers in danger because they have to have these interactions with people who otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have hurt them. They wouldn't have hurt you. They're, you know, okay, so like the expired tag thing, 
um, you know, they have enough uh, technology at this point where you can just kind of like register them by computer and then send them a ticket in the mail. You don't have to have these interpersonal reactions between police and people on the roads, which is safer for police and it's safer for people. So well, I don't know. Principally, I agree. In some states, that you do have to change the law to make that happen, though, too. In Wisconsin, they have to serve it in person. Like, I know in some states right, where right. you've got the, the radar, um, the unmanned radar gun out there, and they'll take a picture of it, and they'll mail you the ticket off that with your uh, driver's license. Right. You actually can't do that in this state. Oh, they have okay. to have an in-person interaction with you to deliver a ticket. It just seems like, especially with the climate between the public and the cops right now, that limiting the interactions that people have with them might be a little bit safer for the police officers. I don't know. My husband, he had to go through, um, there was the a toll that he went through that like wouldn't accept his coin. And so he drove through it. They sent him a $7 ticket in the mail. And it was like, yeah, was it necessary for them to send blue lights after him down the road over a 50 cent toll? Probably not. Like some of these like minor victimless crimes are not worth generating a possibly deadly interaction between the public and the police officer. Well, I mean, some of this stuff too, like the the registration thing or the seatbelt thing, that's the one that always got me is. Because they, they didn't used to be able to. They changed this about in, I think it was 05 in my state, where they could specifically pull you over for a $10 seatbelt ticket. And it's only 10 bucks in Wisconsin. But, you know, they get up to the window and it's... <laughs> my citizen, is that weed I smell? Right, right. You're just, like, giving them excuses. You're giving people who have a yin for the police who want to argue with cops. I mean, like, on, it's, it's, uh, the climate is bad on both sides. There are people on both sides of this argument generating negativity on the cops too. The cops are doing it as well. So if you can limit these interactions between police and citizens, I think that's a really good way to go because, you know, okay. Yeah. You know, if, if I'm going 400 miles an hour down the road and I'm presenting a danger, then, you know, do something about that, but don't, don't pull me over for a stupid seatbelt. Like, come on, man. Like, what'd you really sign up for? You know, <laughs> Um, Apple says it will reject the government's demands to use a new child sex abuse image detection system for surveillance. So they heard all the criticism and now they're trying to get out ahead of it. Apple has yeah. defended its new system that will scan iCloud for illegal sexual child abuse materials or CSAM on Monday amid a controversy over whether the system reduces Apple user privacy and could be used by governments to surveil citizens. Yeah, it can and it will. <laughs> let's, let's be real about this here. They're not, but they they're made not... the statement. It's oh. never going to happen. Like the, yeah, like the, I know we're not talking about Afghanistan yet, but like just like the UN made a statement, don't do that, Taliban. Don't you do that. Yeah. yeah statements are so powerful. They really work every time. Yeah. And I mean, we all know what Apple's going to do. And get rid of your Apple. If you have an Apple, get rid of that goddamn thing. Or keep one that's old enough that it doesn't have the new updates to the system like I do. I've got an iPhone 5 I use a, as a music player. It's running I iOS mean, 7. At this point, there's no way to know that the smartphone that you're carrying around is not tracking you. I know that I have vocalized things that have showed up in my advertisements minutes later. Pop shelf. So, I mean, pop shelf, that's right. Yeah, I already told <laughs> you that story. Yeah, like, we, we talked about I, this last week when this was... Oh. Driving down the street, I see a new store on the side of the road. And I was like, what the heck's a pop shelf? 
And lo and behold, right there on my phone, it's like, oh, you might like Pop Shelf. And yeah, it turns out I, I kind of would. <laughs> like <laughs> That store is right up my alley. I'm not going to lie. But irrespective oh, of how... Into it. Wait, it's like a girl store. It's like a, it's, it's definitely like geared at females, but, um, I happen to be a female on my good days. So I was very interested in that, but irrespective of how interested I am in the advertisements that they're showing me, they shouldn't be spying on me. You know, I particularly resent that. So like, and I, I'm not carrying an iPhone. I carry what is effectively the cheapest smartphone they had at Walmart. So yeah, they're, they're spying on us every minute of every day, unless you're like locking your smartphone away somewhere, uh, not on your person when you're not using it, it's tracking you. It's listening to you. It doesn't matter if it's an iPhone or not. Just that's the world no. you live in. Oh, I know. Um, from the New York Post, nearly 80% of Americans blame Biden for infiltration, uh, inflation rather surge. Well, I'm sure there's an infiltration surge too, but for the inflation <laughs> surge, uh, nearly yeah. 80% of Americans blame Biden for it. Yeah, I know as a housewife in particular, like the price of the groceries I normally purchase has gone up. I am not able to afford all of the same things that I normally do. And it's frustrating. You know, I'm, I get worried about it. So I've been, I've been stocking up and I would definitely recommend anybody who has the ability to do so. It doesn't take much, just buy an extra can or two a week, buy an extra bag of rice on your, on your normal trips. And eventually that stuff piles up. I'm not saying go buy hundreds of dollars worth of st storable food. I'm saying just add a couple extra items to your weekly rotation. So in the eventuality of time, you've built up a store of food. Trust me, if it comes down to it, you'll be glad you did that. Um, Pelosi has announced the House staff can now make almost $200,000. The maximum salary last year was $173,900, according to the Congressional Research Service. So I do want to make sure that um, everybody knows that this is not House members themselves. They have not voted their own pay raise yet. But um, the House staff, like the chief of staff or some of the people in the staff, can now make up to $199,300 a year, Speaker Nancy Pelosi announced on Thursday. It's, a, it's great money for a servant, a public mm -hmm. servant, who makes more money than basically almost everyone in the country. But okay, cool. Yeah. Well, and I, I do have to wonder when the um, when the the actual House members' uh, salary is going to go up at that point too, because they they're not going to want their chief of staff making more than them no. by almost twenty grand a year. <laughs> no, that's no, going to no. be outrageous. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll justify it on some level of you know, COVID will be used in some way to justify their pay raise. <laughs> I am sure of it. But yeah, that's coming down the pipe. Um, remember the story about Tony Navarrete, the uh, um, Arizona state representative that got caught with a kid? Oh, yeah. yeah he's, That's he stepped not down good. this week. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Arizona State Senator Tony Navarrete resigns his seat after arrest and child sex abuse case. Uh, Tony, Tony Navarrete resigned his state Senate seat last Tuesday afternoon in a brief letter to Senate President Karen Fan. The resignation is effective immediately, Fan said. The resignation ends a five-year legislative career for the Phoenix Democrat, who has represented a district that stretches from West Central Phoenix to Glendale. Ugh. Why is it so many politicians are, like, into this deplorable activity? There's something about being in power that just, like, 
makes you want to diddle kids, I guess. Just <laughs> gross. Gross, Tony. Into the wood chipper with you, sir. Indeed to the wood chipper. And the last one that I have on the top of the show is they, um, well, they might be finally saying her name. From Fox News, Rayshard Brooks Autonomous Zone, run by gang who shot eight-year-old girl, GBI warrant alleges. So this is right out of your neck of the woods, too. Mm -hmm. uh, the Bloods gang overtook an area in Atlanta known as the Rayshard Brooks Autonomous Zone last summer and is also linked to the fatal shooting of an eight-year-old girl, according to a new warrant shedding light into the nights of riots and violence in the city last year. The Bloods gang and its associates operate the area as an autonomous zone which the so uh, in which the sovereign authority of the city and state were not recognized and the Bloods gang exerted all control a warrant filed last week states. It was also brought out to the point um, that Rayshard Brooks himself was either a current or former blood himself. Yeah. <clears throat> that was is an that incredibly sad story. Go ahead. Is that still going, by the way? Or did they, did uh, the, they finally bust it? The autonomous zone? No, as far as I know, it's not. Um, okay. That that didn't have any hope of lasting very long. In the state of Georgia, they weren't going to allow that. This is not California. <laughs> we, don't, <laughs> we don't play that around here. Um, this is not the Seattle. Of, no, this is not Seattle. Um, that's right. It was in Washington. I forgot. Same, same general area. Um, yeah, so that was really sad about the eight-year-old girl. That, that was... Um, pretty awful to hear and you hear a lot of times in like these gangland types of like shootings it's always some child who ends up being the ultimate victim like they do not have any care in the world for where their bullets are landing it seems like they're just kind of like firing wildly into crowds into homes this is not like very carefully thought out people they're not anyone you'd want in charge of any kind of area you live in and you know, these autonomous zones are almost always very, very quickly taken over by gangs and the kind of people that you would never want to be in charge of anything. So just something to think about if you're all gung-ho about the the communist autonomous zone that's coming soon to your area, um, you should get out of that area as soon as possible, especially if you have a small child, because they end up being the landing place of the bullets. They do. And it's lame to see, but... Um, I, I'm, I'm at least impressed that the media is finally saying her name because, you know, they say Brianna Taylor's name. They say Rayshard Brooks's name. They say St. George's name. Hallowed be his name, by the way. They say all the names of these people, but they won't say the name of, of the victim off of there. There was another one too. And I, I can't think of her name right off the, uh, off the bat either, but it happened in Madison too. It wasn't over an autonomous zone, but it was another, you know, two people got into a shooting match and it did appear to be gang related. Right. And it was a seven-year-old that got caught in the crossfire in Madison, and nobody ever said her name. I saw um, a gang shooting, a video of a gang shooting that occurred in New York several weeks ago, where one member was running, running away, and then another guy was following him shooting a gun. The guy who was running away used two children as a human shield, like, hmm. like got behind these two children. And the guy who was shooting him did not stop shooting simply because there were children in the way. So these people have no respect for human life. And then on top of, you know, like the victims, we're not talking about the, the rash of elderly women in New York who are being targeted by gang members and no one in the media talks about that. There, there are rashes of 
elderly women who are just being violently attacked simply for walking down the streets. They're not even having anything stolen from them. They're just being violently attacked. But no one wants to talk about that because, you know, you might actually have to mention the demographics of the people involved. And that would just be a little too much honesty for the the media. It doesn't really follow their narrative. So, and it's exactly yeah, the same okay. with, with the Asian hate crimes, too. Yep. That's that's what I'm talking about. That the, the makeup of these elderly women is, by and large, Asian. All right. We are going to get into the main topic of the day, which has changed in the last 24 hours. I can, I can tell you that, uh, that right off the bat. But, um, yeah, whenever, whenever you need to go because you're hurting, you let me know, and we will get down to surprise stupidity and head out here another, for the day. I have another good 25, 30 minutes left in me. All right, so let's get into this then. And uh, let's, let's talk about this. Starting off from CNN, right at the top here, Afghan President Ashraf Ghani flees the country as Taliban forces enter the capital. Um, that, that's got to be where we start from off of this because that's been the news and the catch up for everything. So where last we looked at this, we were in the process of pulling the last uh, little bit of ordinance out of Afghanistan, even when we were on air last week. That's that was what was going on right now. We were pulling the last bits of ordinance, the best, the last pieces of uh, troops out of there. The helicopters were coming out. The bases were getting emptied out, except not by equipment, oddly enough. And I remember when you did uh, contemporary. Uh, what was it last month when uh, when I went up to the Green Bay uh, Bay Area? You had even mentioned that you know they they took everything in the dead of the night and that uh, in that one base over in Afghanistan, like just everything. They took all the wires. They took everything out of that place. Left it in the dark and good luck, guys. Yeah, they didn't was... even inform the um, Afghani staff members who were sent to patrol while they were doing this. They came mm-hmm. back and all the lights were off. And they were like, um, guys. And then within an hour, the Taliban moved in. Yep. So, yeah. And that's what, we, what we've been seeing all across Afghanistan as well throughout the past week. And I mean, this was quick. This was fast. Like, as the U.S. got out, it was like the Taliban was coming in. And they were coming in and they were, um, they were coming in and taking over another territory. A lot of MSNBC is saying it's a mostly peaceful takeover. And from the looks of it, it actually seems to be mostly peaceful as far as leadership goes. Now, the citizenry is another story. And we're seeing people break into homes, take the girls away to be enslaved or sold off to various Taliban militants as wives. We're seeing a lot of that. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, it seems like the Taliban leaders are coming into the to the city hall or the, the provincial government and saying, hey... The president likes the U.S. and those guys suck. You want to join the Taliban? And the whoever the head of the mayor or the state governor is like, okay, cool. Yeah, it's hard to tell what's going on because we definitely have a news media that has its own agenda. So they're going to show us certain pieces of what's happening. Um, mm-hmm. I've also seen videos from people who say they live in Afghanistan who say, you know, the cafes are open. People are in the streets kids are playing cricket, whatever it is. So it's really difficult to know what's going on. Um, I'm reminded of when that Saddam statue fell in Iraq and -hmm. the news media showed this great crowd of people around it, beating the head with their shoes. And it was this big victorious moment. But um, several years later, some additional footage of that event came out and it was sort of like zoomed out from the event. And you could see that it was actually quite a small crowd of people 
that was doing that. So like, I, I, I am loath to accept anything that I see right now, because mm-hmm. I know that media organizations definitely take their marching orders from the State Department, and we are being shown a very um, direct slice of what we're supposed to see there. So, yeah. you know, I just, I would, I would be wary of just wholesale accepting as truth, anything that you're shown over the, especially over the next like 48 hours. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's going to be a part of this. Now, Biden himself has already got out in front of this. Uh, sort maybe of. in the middle of this. <laughs> I, I don't think he's completely behind this at this point, but he's maybe kind of somewhere in the middle of this to kind to come back up and head this off. I was not able to get any video because this only happened a couple hours ago when he took the podium, nothing that they have out there is processed yet that we can come back off of this. But I mean, he gave the speech and you and I both listened to the speech and it it is what you expected it to be. Now he comes back in from camp David because he was on vacation in Delaware once again. And he comes back in to come out and gave a 40 minute speech blaming the other guy. And that is exactly what 40 minutes. Yeah. That's exactly what I got back out of that too. Was blaming the other guy. that speech felt it like it was 10 minutes long, to be honest. Like I watched the whole thing from stem to stern. It only mm-hmm. felt like it lasted for 10 minutes. I really wasn't watching the clock. So like time perception or whatever, but like, yeah, he just, he didn't say much of anything really for it to have lasted 40 minutes. Yeah. Well, Sorry, I mean, that's go ahead. the entire administration you. right there. Yeah. <laughs> Makes a long speech that doesn't really amount to almost anything. To be honest though, I, I didn't find myself disagreeing with a whole hell of a lot of the things that he said, like the, the war in Afghanistan has gone on for 20 years. That's too long. I agree. Our mission there was to get rid of, you know, the people who had caused nine 11 and to uh, kill Osama bin Laden. We did that a decade ago. Couldn't find anything to disagree with there. Um, He talked about, you know, we built the Afghan army. We gave them, the materials that they needed. We gave them an air force. The only thing we couldn't give them was a will to fight for their own freedom. Couldn't find anything to disagree with there. So like, despite, you know, me being generally like suspicious of Joe Biden and noting that he says, (laughs) instead of secure, he said secure, (laughs) things like that. Aside from that, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot in that speech, aside from the kind of stupid thing he said about Trump that I could find to disagree with. It's like, yeah, you know, he who wishes to be free, let him strike the first blow. If the Afghan people want freedom, they have to fight for it themselves. I cannot justify him sending yet another generation of our young people to be sacrificed on the altar of defense contractors. I just, I can't justify it. So, you know, despite and, all, I thought his speech was reasonable. But I, I do want to go back and touch on what you said there on sending off uh, another generation of people to go. Now, a lot of the, the typical neocons and even some of the neoliberals are coming out here saying that we need to go back in. We need to stay. That seems to be one of the big things that's out there. Is a lot of the establishment types are telling us that we need to go back and stay in this region forever and yeah. ever. Amen. And really, honestly, I, I pulling the tweet up to talk about this for a sec. I found myself yesterday agreeing with a progressive and i told her right out i because i've been following this girl for actually quite a while um i don't know even why i started following her but i've been following her progressive ass for quite a while and i have agreed with almost nothing that she has had to say 
But this part was spot on. So just to read from this, um, she was uh, uh, replying to Anuj Chopra saying stunning the collapse of Afghanistan is the direct result of U.S. miscalculations. Over two decades, the Taliban have roared back even before the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Ariadna tweets out miscalculations or admission that it would have uh, happened no matter how long we waited. To which I replied, okay, I don't typically agree with you, but this is spot on. The U.S. could yeah, have 70... Right. The U.S. could have waited 70 years, and on 70 years, day one, the Taliban would have jumped in, screamed, mine now, bitches, and the proper time yep. to leave was in 01. Yeah, she's she's dead on balls accurate with that. Yeah. Absolutely. I, ca I can't find anything to disagree with in that statement. And that's what Joe Biden said. That's what Ron Paul said. That's what anybody who doesn't have their finger in the pie knows to be true. And everybody else, I can't, I don't know if you saw Megan Matweet's, uh, Megan Matweet, <laughs> Megan McCain's tweet. She had the gall to say that the people who are responsible for Afghanistan ought to be drugged in front of Congress and held responsible. And well, of course, one of them is the standing in front of Satan right now. Yeah. Well, of course, the comments were closed because she knows <laughs> that everybody and their mother would have pointed out that her own father is one of the chief and primary architects of the why we were in Afghanistan for as long as we were. So yeah, one of the major players has already been held responsible, Megan. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even Bolton too has been making the rounds on this and they've been talking about a lot of what he had to say too, which still amazes me how much love the progressive media has for John Bolton right now. I mean, <laughs> he was he was the, the butcher who wanted to go bomb brown kids under W right up until he came out and said, I, uh, I got fired by Trump. Orange man is bad. And then he was their fucking hero. Yeah, that's right. I, I have lovingly referred to him as war stash for many years because that's all he's got underneath that mustache is just plans for war. Um, and yeah, you know, it's like if you look into these people's financial dealings, they usually have some investment or some kind of involvement in in the people who will be making the most money off of them staying in Afghanistan, off of them, you know, bombing Iraq, uh, you know, unseating the the leaders in Libya. Any of the the things that they do to destroy the infrastructure and leadership in the Middle East is for their own purposes monetarily. So they can say anything they want to about, oh, well, the little girls won't be able to go to school. Yeah, that might be true, but that's not why you want war. You want mm -hmm. war because it makes you money. Yeah. And that's the long and the short of it. A lot of the conversation that has gone on on Twitter, and I mean, there are people talking about the 25th Amendment. There are people that are talking about impeach Biden now, impeach Harris now, impeach Pelosi now, which three of those people are making money off of this. I, I can tell you that right off the bat. Um, one of the things that I, I've thought about, and I've been thinking about this for the last 24 hours is whether or not this would have happened if we'd have kept with the original deal. And I think it would have, but I think it would have been a slower process. And hear me out on this. Okay. Now, under the original deal, the Taliban had signed on to the original deal. So they had some ownership as to what was going on with that. They came out and said, okay, we agree to these terms. Get your shit, get your shit and get out, essentially. Mm-hmm. That they came out to do this. And one of the reasons I think that they were, and as I set up at the top, that they were able to so quickly go across the country and start taking over territory was the fact that after we 
dishonored the the agreement, the first agreement, and said, okay, no, we're we're going to stay in here for another two and a half months at this point. You know, like I said, they were able to go up to the governors and say, hey, this this asshole, um, what the hell is his name? I can't even think of his name right off that. The, the president, he, he likes the U.S. They stayed here. They broke their agreement. You want to yep. join the Taliban? What the fuck else do I got to lose? Over the last 20 years, I mean, especially, you know, with the Internet, you are able to basically like make a list of the agreements that the U.S. makes and doesn't keep. I don't know why any country, any leader at any point would do any deal with the United States. They, you know, you know what the end result is going to be for you. So why would well, you even do it? Well, I'm going on the assumption that they that the U.S. would have kept the agreement. And if they had, then, yes, the Taliban would have come back off. And, you know, maybe they would have, you know, the knife to the throat across some of these leaders to take the territory. But they wouldn't have come in, been able to come in with the propaganda because, you know, what's that going to look like to them? Oh, well, you know, we agreed to this, but we, we still want to take over your territory. Whereas now they can I just think... kind of slip in and say, hey, you know, let's be cool. Let's be brothers. I I think they knew good and well that the U.S. wasn't going to keep their agreements. I think that's the only reason they agreed. So just just to have that final little, hey, you didn't keep your agreement. You basically opened the door for us. And they did. Everything that's going on now has to be owned full body and soul by the American administration. There's yeah. nothing that they can tell that, that the U.S. can tell the people of Afghanistan any longer. They know them to be liars. Why would you ever, ever trust these people ever again? I wouldn't. Not that I have a choice in the matter. Yeah. I don't know. I, I do have a feeling that this is going to become, you know, because the Chinese have already come and said, oh, we, we recognize Taliban as, as authentic government. Yep. Yep. Which and nobody... tells me. Go ahead. I think that this means that the Chinese, the Chinese are going to come in and, you know, schmooze and schmooze and schmooze. And the next thing you know, we've got a new Chinese territory and we've got Uyghur 2.0. Yep. I mean, I, I think that um, they're certainly welcome to try that. Uh, <laughs> they will find out just like the Russians did and just like the British did before them. And just like the Americans are finding out right now that they don't call that the graveyard of empires for no reason. And China would be no different than that. These people, uh, they've outlasted every major empire throughout the history and annals of time, and they'll do it to the Chinese. Um, what's interesting, and not a lot of people realize this, is if you look at a map of Afghanistan, the country that it borders is China. And so, like, you wonder why we spent 20 years trying to secure that region for ourselves. Well, you need only look at a map to realize why. We wanted the foothold in that region. We wanted the military stronghold and we were denied by the people who live there. So that throws into sharp relief Joe Biden's claim that you would need F-15s to fight the government. Mm -hmm. The Taliban, the U.S. government, the Taliban proved you wrong about that multiple times. It's just, yeah, sorry, you weren't in the right here. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a supporter of the Taliban. I think that the, the, the violence that they use on people is awful. I think the fact that they prevent women from getting education is awful. I'm not supporting anything that they do there, but we weren't in the right to uh, try to throw them off of their own country. We were the usurpers there. That's their country and it's their country again. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's completely understandable too, to, to come out and say, but I mean, 
I don't really care what happens over there. I'm not gonna. I am not going to mince words with it. I don't give a flying fuck what happens to Afghanistan. We we were over there for 20 years. We trained their military. We we trained their government. We said this is how you make a government. This is how you build democracy. But it wasn't their government. Agree. It was and the I, government I that we selected for them. Mm -hmm. And and I really I didn't agree with any of what we did over there for 20 years. But in two weeks. They came out and said, yeah, we're, we're joining these guys instead. I don't care what seems they do like, to that country anymore. Seems like they picked. Yeah. And like I said, like I wouldn't I wouldn't want to live under Taliban rule personally. But, you know, if the people of Afghanistan want their freedom, they will strike the first blow in that regard. Not they will. It's not on the U.S. to go over them and force freedom onto them. And also you look at like the, the cultural degradation of our country the culture degradation of um, Western democracies. And you could kind of maybe understand why some countries wouldn't want that force injected into their country. Like maybe, maybe they're saying, Hey, we don't want to be like you. And maybe there's reasons why. Absolutely. I want to touch on this part here because you've been vocal about this on Twitter earlier today. The planes thing is they're taking off planes. Apparently oh, yes. uh, there were riots um, on the tarmac, uh, people are out here, and this viral video, let me get the webpage queued back up here, this viral video shows the plane taking off and somebody falling off of this. Caution, this may be graphic for some viewers. Let's go ahead and watch that. And there he is, right there. Uh, there's something there. I don't know if that's a body. I know if that is a body, he's going to need a little bit of ibuprofen when he lands because he's going to be hurting for a little bit. <laughs> he's going to be goo. If they <laughs> ever find him, he's going to be goo. Yeah, I made some statements about this. Simply, I, 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 I simply want some confirmation. I don't know that what fell off of that plane was a human body. I don't know how a person... You know, there's a second video. I don't know which of the two videos you showed because I can't actually um, see. But all you see falling off of that plane is a black dot. There's yeah. no way to determine what exactly that is. And simply because I asked the question, how do we know what this is? People freaked out at me. One guy was like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Um, I saw that one. I, yeah. Okay. So uh, one guy made the contention that maybe somebody was hanging on to the landing gear. And I said, well, don't they ret retract the landing gear pretty much directly after takeoff? Another guy comes along. He's like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You know, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I looked it up. They retract the landing gear pretty much right after takeoff. As soon as they confirm that they're making a positive ascent, they attract, retract the landing gear. And so I was like, hey, I looked it up. I was right about this. He goes, it's not about that. It's about your disrespect. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm not even allowed to question I'm not saying that it's not a body. I'm not saying that it's not a person. I'm saying, I don't know for sure what that is. And the guy, another guy comes at me saying, well, haven't you, haven't you heard there was a body? Haven't you seen the bodies? And I'm like, have you seen the bodies? Have any of y'all watching you, Edgar, have you seen a body? Has anybody produced footage or a photograph of the person or persons that have supposedly fallen off this plane? My only contention is, 
if you're hanging on to the side of a C-17 that needs to be going over 150 miles an hour to even take off, you know, how is this person attached that far into the air? There, there are issues of physics that I, I just need answered. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm saying I'm dubious. Help me understand. And, and just that wanting to understand it a little better got me screamed at, got me yelled at that I'm, I'm being disrespectful. Okay, well, matters of physics are not about matters of respect. It's about yeah. a, a dude can't hang on to the side of a C-17 that's, you know, hundreds of feet in the air um, going hundreds of miles an hour. That's a ridiculous notion. So, again... I am not saying it's not a body. I'm not saying it's not a person. I'm saying I don't know that for sure. And again, the news media wants you to know certain things, wants you to feel certain things, and it's going to tell you those things. So just be dubious. You're allowed to ask questions. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to push back on you just a little bit as far as the, as as far as the, I mean, the, the retraction, the landing gear. Now, A, that thing is rolling and I don't know how somebody could be holding onto that as far as the landing gear, but I mean, he wasn't up, the the plane was not up that high when the guy fell off. That's a couple hundred feet in the air for sure. I mean, like standing Mm. on the ground, you don't exactly have like a accurate, like from where you are, you don't. I don't know for sure exactly how high, but it was a couple of hundred feet. I mean, <laughs> and it, my, my thing isn't even about the height. My thing is about the speed that a plane that big has to be going yeah. to get lift off from the tarmac. Like, I don't know if you've ever done that dumbass thing where you hold on to the hood of a car <laughs> that's going down the road. I was a dumbass teenager at some point. I don't know if you were, but you know, just, in the, the 50 or so miles an hour that a car is going, it's hard to hold on to a vehicle. So you're telling me a C-17 that has to be going over 150 miles an hour to get lift. Yeah. And at the at the point that it was in the sky, the, the amount, because they're climbing fast. Keep in mind, they're worried about gunfire from the ground. So they're going to be making a quick ascent. That means they are gathering speed as they go. So at the point where they're a couple of hundred feet in the air, they're going a couple hundred miles per hour. I just, I'm really dubious about some guy just like clinging to the side of the plane for that long. Well, that's, you know, I, I'll go back to that too, because, you know, people are talking about desperation and I mean, that, that drives people to do some crazy things, but you know, there, there's also, there's the statement out there. It's, you shouldn't be as wary about questions that don't have answers as far as, you should be wary of answers that can't be questioned. Hey, and I just noticed there was like this hyper emotional re- reaction to me even asking. Not mm-hmm. I was asking, like if there's a pilot out there who wants to explain this to me, my dad is a pilot. I sent him the video with a text message. He hasn't gotten back to me, but all I'm asking for is an explanation because this doesn't yeah. seem to me to make physical sense. And I've already been referred to as a flat earther I've been told I'm not even allowed to ask this question, that it's ridiculous, that I'm being disrespectful for asking. Okay, well, at the point, at this point, it's like I'm starting to be suspicious of it just because I'm not even allowed to ask, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, when they gaslight this, whenever people talk about Flat Earth, I think about the line from uh, Old World Blues in New Vegas. Oh, you're going to ask questions like that. You're going to make us look like a bunch of round earthers. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if you know better than I do, you're a pilot or, or you know something about like um, air, aircraft procedures that I don't know. Cool. Enlighten me because all I'm doing is asking a question. So if you have the answer to that question, by all means, enlighten me. But instead of enlightening me, I was just told that I was a flat earther. Okay, well, now I'm even more suspicious. And to the guy who said, well, don't you think there was a body? You're not immune to propaganda, dude, and you didn't see a body. So you're assuming that what For you were told thoughts. what that was, was a body. Okay, mm -hmm. not saying that it wasn't. It might be a guy. I'm not saying that it's not a guy. I'm saying I don't know. I don't know that what I'm being shown is not propaganda. And there's a lot of history to back me up on the idea that a lot of propaganda comes out at moments like these. That's all I'm saying. One of the other interesting aspects of what has been going on in Afghanistan for the past couple of days is the fact that, um, well, obviously Joe Biden is on his extended lid. In fact, he went to bed very, very early last night over in Camp David. He's on his vacation, and he was bitching and screaming and crying about the fact that they were bringing him back from his wonderful Camp David vacation, which I don't even know where Camp David is. I was going to look that up for the show, and yeah, I'm going to look that respect. up right now. It's in Maryland. Uh you got to respect Joe Biden's work-life balance. When he leaves the <laughs> office, he leaves the office there and he goes on holiday. You know, some of us, we take our work around with us. We can't leave the office at the office. Not Joe Biden. When that guy goes on vacation, he is on vacation. You got to respect that. When I go on vacation, I have to go beg all my friends to come do my show for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, I bet you I still watch it. Do do you still watch Contemporary when you're on vacation? I did every day. <laughs> I was listening to you saying? from the road. <laughs> uh, see, but Joe Biden, not Joe Biden. He wouldn't he wouldn't take the importance of his office with him on vacation. He knows better than that. He practices uh, self-care, Laura Ingram. But uh, the red haired bobblehead is also on vacation currently. That's Jen Saki. Out of the office oh, as Biden as Biden remains silent on Taliban takeover of Afghanistan. Uh, reading from Fox News briefly, the White House press secretary Jen Psaki is taking a break from her duties at the same time as controversy surrounds the silence of President Biden, who is on vacation while the Taliban quickly seizes control of Afghanistan. Fox News sent questions to Psaki's White House email address Sunday morning and received an auto reply. Hours later, on Sunday evening, Fox News attempted once again to reach the White House spokeswoman. The same auto-reply stating that the voice of the White House would not be available for the next week was sent. It, it might be awfully convenient time, like just really unfortunate timing that she just happened to go on vacation when all this chaos broke out. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'll give the 1% the of the 99 that that's a possibility. It's just like uh, Chris Como went on vacation the instant his brother, the scandal about his brother came out. Like, it's just really kind of wild, but okay. I have to give you the benefit of the doubt. I don't have any proof otherwise. Just have some questions. That's all. And I mean, they're doing everything to try and cover this up too. Uh, they grabbed a, an old stock photo from Camp David. Uh, let me get the, the webpage up here of Biden sitting in Camp David on a Zoom call, which was supposed to be the, the, the it's the crime of the century that um, 
He's he's giving away state secrets by talking to these people on, on the Zoom call. Oh my God, it's state secrets. It's state this and that. It's not a current photo. No. Yeah, I, I saw that some people pointed out the time between like Russia and what other country was it? Like that it just didn't like match up for what they were Russia claiming and, that it was. Russia and Britain because they're on a different uh, right. daylight savings time schedule than we are. Right, right. So, yeah, the, uh, if you're going to lie, you know, at least like cover your bases. Look and make sure. Don't just grab some random stock photo. And I mean, they think we're stupid. To quote the late, great Herman Cain, they think you're stupid. And, you know, that's maybe our greatest ally in all of this is that they really will like do this to themselves over and over again because they think we're too stupid to look at it. But, well, I you mean, know, to be fair, I've interacted with some of their constituents and voters and I can see where they could get that impression from. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, uh, unfortunately, I mean, it works on the people it's supposed to work on. And if you point out that it's not real, if you expose them, by the time you get the information exposing them out there, who they wanted to convince with the information has already been convinced. So it's like, you know, you put the story on the front page, but the retraction is on page six. That's how it's always worked. Yeah. That's all that I have on the Afghanistan side of this here today. And of course, this is a developing story. So we're going to be checking back with this somewhere. And I mean, we're, we're at the hour right now. Do you do you want to grab yeah. another one or do you want to? What do you I want can to maybe do? do I can do one more story and then I got to head out my my back's been killing me today, unfortunately. All right. Um, we've got infrastructure. We've got COVID and uh, Cuomo. Um, let's do let's do COVID. COVID affects our lives in more ways than one. Let's do COVID. Okay, I have got a lot of COVID stuff here, but um, we will see what we can burn through at this one. Um, I do want to. Let's grab a little bit of live chat here to see what these guys are doing. Make Probably sure they're not killing each other. <laughs> Probably yelling at me about landing gear. <laughs> he could grip it by the husk. Ah, <laughs> uh, we got to get up to the top here. Um, Eric Bowman says Tokyo grift. Uh, let's see. Eric Bowman says hunger shames. I saw that about the price raise for the pizza. I gotta feel bad for the business owners. Yeah, yeah, I um, do. They're good McC people. They make a good product. McConnell Smuggles Coke says a victimless crime is not a crime. Agree. Uh, Ron Helton, who hates the entire legal system, says no victim, no crime. And these corrupt, uh, corrupt revenue generating schemes, tickets. Um, let's see. McConnell says the state should be putting itself at risk when it's trying to extort money from the people. So that's that's an interesting angle to this. I, I kind of like that, actually. If they're going to try and give you the ticket, they should assume the risk for it. Yeah, I, I that's something to remunerate on, I suppose. I'd never thought about that. That's I I, I like that take. I do. Um, Ron Helton says, yes, several of us have noticed that Jessica is a female. Occasionally. When I identify as a female, <laughs> don't assume my gender. <laughs> Eric, Bo Eric Bowman wants the AOC impression from me. What about paying for my apartment, puppy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't you dare raise money for my grandmother. 
Uh, Mr. Behavior is here. What's happening, y'all? Uh, might as well at this point join the Taliban. Better get your Durka Durka on. Yeah. Is that offensive? I, he, he asked. I, I wear my hijab. My my hijabi hibibi. <laughs> uh, McConnell smuggles coke. Says bombing brown kids. I'd enjoy that in Minecraft. <laughs> These friends of yours, Ed. I swear. Um, Ron Helton says, who is this we that dishonored the agreement? They only asked, asked the Native Americans how good the U.S. government's treaties on paper are. They should have done. Uh, the breakdown with Birkenhoff here. McConnell smuggles coke says it was a Q-tard. People were holding onto the plane before it took off. Yeah, and then the plane was going 150 miles plus an hour, which, you know, a little harder to hang on. But you could grip it by the husk. That's, That's going right. to be my response to everyone from now on when they say anything about this plane is that they, they, they gripped it by the husk. Uh, Nephilim Ninja says, when Joe goes on vacation, he forgets his worries. He doesn't know he need to go on vacation to do that, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think his worry is about uh, how full his pants are. Yeah. Mm. I'm so afraid he's going to shit his pants in public. And like, you know, like he's a horrible politician and all of those things, but he's also like a frail old man. And I just like, why do y'all let him out? <sighs> all right, we got to do some COVID stuff here today. And there's a lot to get to today. Um, a couple of ones that I do want to touch on, especially off of this here. Um, let's talk about Amy Coney Barrett. First off here, Justice Amy Coney Barrett denies request to block Indiana University's vaccine mandate. So the students of the University of Indiana this week uh, sued to have their vaccine mandate for the University of Indiana overturned. It was supposed to be going to the Supreme Court, but it went to the district court that Amy Coney Barrett um, presides over as the... Um, the person presiding over that particular district, and she is denying it going up to the full court. Right. So, yeah, she put the block on this right away, which, I mean, that that evil Trump justice, you know, she, she's going to do anything that she can to to, to make this, uh, to, 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 to be on, on people. He, he's going to make, she's look at all she's going to do. She's going to chain you to the stove. She's going to do this. She's going to deny science. Well, that didn't seem yeah. to be the case after all. I mean, I, I don't disagree with her ruling necessarily based from what I read. Um, I mean, like they have the right as a private organization. I don't, you can argue with me about whether they're a private organization or not. That's notwithstanding for official purposes. They are, they can require a vaccine mandate. Um, the onus is on you not to send your kids to those organizations anymore. Stop sending your kids to universities. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a state school, so I would argue against uh, where it's being private and the state shouldn't have the, the ability to come out and mandate off of that. But, I mean, that's never stopped them either. They've had other vaccination mandates up until now. It's not until this highly politicized one did there suddenly come a Supreme Court case. So, you know, that's that's always been the policy of universities is to have vaccinations to attend them. 
Yeah, and I'm, that's that's one of the, and that, I said that too when I was talking about uh, this one on contemporary was the fact that this this university, yes, they do get state funding, they're a state school, but they still survive. They live and die over asses and seats. Yeah, stop if sending you your stop kids putting to these your places. Ass, if you put if you stop putting asses in seats, they will fold up. Or at least they'll start having to realize that they've got to change their things. You can put all the state funding into the place that you want for research or grants or this, that, and the next thing. But once you stop stab- having asses and seats at twenty five, thirty thousand dollars a year, or whatever the hell it is at this point, I don't know, it was five thousand a year when I went to college for a state school. But I'm sure it's up further than that at this point. But yeah, once you stop having asses and seats. That's, that's another another nail in the coffin as far as universities go, too. Mm-hmm. Like people are realizing left and right that these places do not, you know, offer the guarantee of success that they used to, that they're really just like indoctrina- indoctrination factories for sort of like woke liberal ideologies that your your kids end up coming out of there like <laughs> way more screwed up than they were when they went in in the first place. There are just multitudes of reasons that I think um, by and large people are stopping sending their kids to these places and you know that's just one more nail in the coffin bring it well i mean as far as as far as schools go too i mean i've looked at this and i've discussed this with elaine before too on you know just some of the 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 way that i see people seeing school now because you you see the pushes of well we want free college for this and free college for that and free college for everybody you 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 can't do anything with a college education so and you see and you know i i tend to date young if i do so college girls are usually on my forte i've seen girls on instagram who are posting this is my this is my first day of 13th grade of 14th grade of 15th grade you're in college it's not 16th grade yeah you're expected to be held to a higher standard, but clearly you're not if you're just looking at it as another thing to do. But more and more, you're also seeing employers who are not uh, requiring college educations as much as they're requiring experience. Mm-hmm. Like I know for a lot of programming jobs, for example, it's not necessarily that you have a college diploma in programming. It's necessary that you pass a series of tests for programming. So if you can go in there and you can perform then it, it's irrespective of whether you needed this enormously expensive college education. I think more and more we're seeing that like the kids that are coming out of these colleges are not more educated. They're not more able than people who have, you know, self-educated, self-taught. So employers are going to start seeking people with ability over uh, credential. And I'd like to see that, that change happen. Whereas I had um, almost the opposite effect or experience on this too at one point because, you know, doing the job that I was doing at the time and it hasn't gotten much better, I can tell you that. But doing the job I was doing at the time, I was kind of looking in and, hey, if I go work for, like an, there was an accounting firm that I was looking at. I was looking at it to for a scene for a novel that I was writing, but I went to look mm-hmm, at this mm-hmm. accounting firm and I'm like, okay, well, as, as far as I've looked down in here, I, I see the place that I want to set the scene. But, you know, what do you guys do for, like, for work? What, what would I have to have for work? And I have a technical diploma. I have an associate's degree in auto repair. Cool. And the woman looked at me and says, well, in order to work here, you need to have a bachelor's degree. And I said, okay, well, you know, if I just needed to jump up to get a bachelor's degree, what would I need to have it in specifically? She says, we don't care. We just want you to have a bachelor's degree. <laughs> yeah. 
It's, it's, there was an attitude for a long time that said, we just want to know that you can complete a program. And so it's not necessarily whether you got that in fashion studies or whatever other, you know, Klingon language or whatever other thing that they're offering you. They just wanted to know that you could complete a program. But more and more, and I've, I've heard this from several people, the people that have degrees are not necessarily like the cream of the crop. And so if you're looking for somebody, like if you need some kind of technical experience, they're looking for people who can perform. And, and you know, like I said, with programming um, tests, you know, like I know a guy with a biblical studies degree, his degree is in biblical studies, but uh-huh. he went for a programming job and he was asked to perform a series of tests. So he was able to complete those tests and he got that job, even though he didn't have any kind of college credential for the programming. And so, you know, that to me was kind of like a, um, a canary in the coal mine that, Hey, these, these employers are going to start looking for people who can perform rather than people who can wave a piece of paper because yeah, I, I could go get a, a, a degree in, in something stupid, <laughs> but that wouldn't make me able. It would just mean that my parents had enough money to let me sit in a classroom for four years. Well, right. and part, part of the opposite of that, especially because that was in Madison on top of that. So part of the, you know, the pushback on the other direction of that, I mean, that's accounting. You're, okay, make sure this number and this number in basic math match in column A to right. column B to column C. You know, right. that you don't need a lot of technical knowledge to do that. You can Google how to do accounting. Right. But what, what's one thing that people coming out, the majority of people with a college degree have when they come out? An attitude problem. <laughs> well, I was going to go with debt, but you're actually correct on that too. They're wage slaves, and but you know, by the time you your ten years are up and you've got your student loans paid off, oh hey, it's time to go buy that house, and my my eggs are starting to dry up. I better go start having kids. You've got your wage slave for life at that point. Yeah, they don't care what your yeah. degree is in; they just want you to be in debt. Like uh, my my husband does a pretty technical job. He's a he's a physicist, and he did go to school for that. But he's working with guys who started out on the maintenance floor of the manufacturing plant that they're in. These guys uh-huh. didn't go get, you know, bachelor's and master's degrees in physics. They have serious experience in the manufacturing field that they're in. And right. they are at his level because they have experience. And so, like, yeah, in some places that might still be the the desire for the degree might might still carry the day. But there is a shift going on. Where, you know, these guys who have been in the industry for 30 years, but started out as maintenance workers, know more and are more valuable to these companies than any kid with any physics degree coming out of the university right now. And they'll take that, that um, practical experience over the degree every time. Well, it's the same thing with like the Big Bang. And I mean, that when you're talking Big Bang, you're talking about four people that had an advanced degree, but... You know, one of them was only a master's degree, and they they always piled on to him like, "Bitch, this guy can go in and get his hands dirty and put all your stupid theories into practice." But it yeah. always did amaze me that you've got a physicist, a, a theoretical physicist, an astrophysicist, and a general physicist, and an engineer, and they couldn't get the fucking elevator to work. Yeah, and these people—that's <laughs> the thing. Like none of that, none of that book learning translates to practical experience. And that's why even after all of that, getting those technical degrees, you still have to do internships because you come out of college knowing nothing. 
and they still need to put you through your paces and getting like physical hands-on experience. Whereas, you know, uh, John Doe, who I'm talking about is in his fifties. He's been on the maintenance floor of this manufacturing plant for 30 years. And he would run circles around these advanced degrees every time. So yeah, that, that speaks volumes to me. I, I always, I always found it funny too, that nobody knew how to fix Penny's car. I'm like, Wallowitz, <laughs> you're an engineer. Yeah. You know how every one of these systems works and you know how to put stuff together. According to the lore, I, I never actually saw any of that practice, but according to the lore, you know how to put all this stuff together. You know how an <laughs> internal combustion engine works. Fix it. You're right. a simp anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's a practical experience just goes a lot further than any level of book learning every time. Uh, Summerfest is going to be requiring, this is out of my neck of the woods, Summerfest is going to be requiring the pinko pox vaccine or a negative test to enter this year. Which, I mean, we're going to sit back and Lollapalooza was another one too where we found out that it wasn't a super spreader. Oh my God, it's fine. And the Barack Obama, which that was a lesson in propaganda in and of itself i found an article for that too martha's bay yeah. had a 20 2048 increase in in covet cases after barack obama's uh birthday party no those people big don't deal. come from martha's bay also big deal you went from one case to six right <laughs> right yeah so on my weather, um, I have a weather app on my phone and mm-hmm. recently it started including new COVID cases for my area and new COVID de- deaths for my area. And mm-hmm. while there might be like 60 to 40 new cases, zero deaths across the board, zero, zero, zero every day, there might be one, there might be two. And that one death would result in a news media person saying hundredfold increase in COVID deaths for your area. Yes. It's like, No. One more guy died than yesterday, which was zero, and now it's one. Like, come on. It just, you know. Well, the thing with Summerfest, and um, this is the same argument that I actually made with Lollapalooza when they said they were going to still have it. And, you know, they're, they're going to be checking vaccine cards and negative tests at the door. Um, e. Brooks Uncut, uh, un, not Uncut, that's the file word. E. Brooks Uncut over on uh, Twitter Tweeted this out, and I mean, I think this guy kind of won the internet when uh, when he tweeted this one out. He said, Summerfest can't even stop high school kids sneaking in flasks in their socks. I'm not exactly confident they'll be able to do this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly the point, isn't it? You know? And also, you could print a vaccine card off of your printer and some card stock. It's not like all that difficult to get around these like sort but, of but you should never ever do that ever ever you should never ever do something like that and just change the cdc sure. logo enough for it to not be a felony you should never do something like that sure okay <laughs> if you say so <laughs> that, that would be a terrible thing to do <laughs> <laughs> i just you know they, they, they got to catch you. <laughs> That's the thing. They got to catch you. Do you think these ticket takers are like super interested in whether you've actually had your vaccine or not? I don't think that they are. I, I've never been to Summerfest, but I've been Summerfest adjacent. I worked um, at a place that was right outside the Summerfest grounds. And I've seen what the ticket takers do. They, they don't give a fuck. They don't care. Yeah. As got- soon as they're off their shift, they're in there partying with everybody else. So... 
All right, I got one more I want to touch on here, and then we will get surprise stupidity and get you out of here and get you back into resting your back. But there's yeah. one other one on COVID that I, I do want to touch on here before, and that is the fact that um, Biden eyes tougher vaccine rules without providing backlash. So this Dissociated Press article went through various things that the White House was talking about in order to get more people to take the vaccine. And one of them, much, much further down towards the bottom of the article, because, I mean, it's nothing's on the top, but people actually read the Dissociated Press all the way to the bottom, which impresses me anytime anybody mm. does that. Um, they read that anybody can read. <laughs> they started reading down here and realized that uh, there were talks and they sh tabled the talks because they thought it would be much too polarizing. But there were talks about having uh, to have a vaccine to have any sort of interstate commerce to go out of state for any reason whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you saw my tweet about this yesterday, but when I read that article, I remembered a specific scene from Hunt for the Red October where he's talking, the, the Russian commander was talking to his second in command who was played by Sam Neill. And mm -hmm. Sam Neill was marveling at the idea that he could travel between states without papers. This was something... That a mere, what, 25, 30 years ago when this movie came out, that this was something that was like celebrated about our culture. Something that we were saying, you know, Russians from the Soviet Union would marvel at the idea that they had the freedom to travel between states without papers. And now we're staring down the barrel of needing vaccine papers to travel between states. And that should enrage and alarm everyone who hears it. It certainly does me. And I refuse Make me. I'll go to jail. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I mean, and just it's it's almost impossible to do something like that. Really, honestly, I could I could not see that. By the way, I've not seen that movie, but I have read the book, and that that Edward scene is in the book too. Jay Gar, you are in so much trouble. I demand. I I I with fury in my heart demand that you see Hunt for the Red October tonight. It's on Prime. You have Prime, right? Yes, I do. Well, then you need to go watch Hunt for the Red October because that is ridiculous. That is one of the greatest movies ever filmed. What kind of Philistine are you? I read the book. Uh, no, you need to see. You need to see the uh, Sean Connery adaption of Hunt <laughs> for the Red October, or you are no American, sir. The book is. He's Scottish. I have spoken. <laughs> I have I have counted to ten and said my piece. I mean, I, I, I am a Clancy fan, so I, <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. This just no, happened you, to be on my desk. You should absolutely see it. We we did a, a submarine movie marathon like a month ago, and that was like the kick the kickoff. Like that is the classic submarine movie. You definitely have to see that movie. I, I will take that under advisement. But, I, you know, I go back to the trip that I took with Stephen Ignoramus last summer. And, you know, we were being warned left and right. Robert was telling us, um, you know, you got to make sure if, if you can find a back road somewhere and go take that into Florida because they're stopping everybody who's coming in at the checkpoint and, and making them take a negative COVID test. And if you if you have it, you got to quarantine the whole time you're here. You can't even leave. You got to quarantine but when I was when we were going down there, they were actually taking down the checkpoint. It was at the way station coming into Florida, ninety five, 
And they were taken wow. down because they didn't care anymore. Yeah. Florida, Florida honestly has been pretty based to this whole thing. Like I, I know at first, like nobody really knew what was happening. And so it yeah. did make sense for them to take precautions. Like, but once it became apparent that all of this was a big scam, like I have to admit, DeSantis has really impressed me with all of this stuff. And I, I can't say that if he ran for president, I wouldn't vote for him because, he, uh, you know, he, you don't think so? What would you, no. uh, would you call on that? My call on that is I like the stuff that he's doing a lot. Like he's making some of the right decisions, mm-hmm. but he's doing it by executive fiat. And I can't get behind that. That's fair. He's, he's being mean, a very pen in the phone kind of governor. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, even if he's doing that to prevent federal overreach. He's still being very pen in the phone about it. He's not getting yeah. the legislature involved. And I don't care for that. Yeah. Okay. Even if he's That's making the right decisions. Something to think about, for sure. Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, as of right now, I couldn't vote for DeSantis for president or a primary. I couldn't do it. Okay. Okay. But regardless, I mean, that w- that was what Rob said when he told us uh, to come down here. Hey, go find a back road because, you know, you're going to get stopped on 95. It wasn't you can't come into the state because you're going to get stopped no matter how you try to get into the state. It was find a way to bypass this. There's no way to... There are 12 different ways for me to get into Illinois from here within five miles of each other. Mm-hmm. They're not going to put they a state have, trooper on every single one of those. They don't have the kind of resources for that kind of thing. They just don't. They would like everyone to believe that they have that kind of like reach. Mm-hmm. They would love for you to believe that. But at the end of the day, they don't have that kind of power. Yeah, I mean, for the majority, like getting into Wisconsin, uh, rather into Iowa from Wisconsin or into a lot of Minnesota from Wisconsin, that would be a little bit easier because there's a gigantic water barrier between the two of them. But, you know, going into Illinois, going Indiana to Ohio, going Georgia into Florida, no, they don't have the manpower to do that. All right. I got surprise stupidity for you, and I I thought that you would like this as, as a former libertarian. As a person who's probably partaken in this and has an recently stopped off of this. An XL Albert here. I, I wanted to see what you had to, to say to this one here. So let's get the web page up here and let's read from the blaze today. Green progressives pushed for pot legalization for years. Now marijuana is posing a major inconvenient threat to the climate. <laughs> Will they stoop to nothing? Oh my God. Uh, this yeah, is from. I, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is from Chris Field, left-wing progressive, has spent literally decades calling for the legalization of weeds, and their efforts have seen a lot of successes. Dozens of states have legalized or decriminalized pot, and ganja has most likely never been more popular than it is today. Which I actually said that's probably bullshit because I mean anybody who's seen a movie between 1998-2004 knows that it was much much more popular at the time. It's the whole reason Seth Rogen has a fucking career. <laughs> the only reason. <laughs> but as the popularity of cannabis has grown, so has the drug's impact on global warming, Politico reported this week in a write-up headline, An Inconvenient Truth About Weed. Yeah. According to the outlet, Mary Jane's carbon emissions have never posed a bigger threat to the climate. So the reasoning yep. behind this is basically it's the electricity output that most of your growers have out there because most of the time their stuff is getting grown indoors under lights in a room that's got to be kept warmer than every other room in the house. 
well, if you let people grow it outdoors, then you wouldn't have this issue, would you? It seems like government regulation is the problem here. Oh, crap. Am I still a libertarian? (laughs) (laughs) Um, They said this about Bitcoin, too, that Bitcoin's a major danger to the climate because of the electricity. Like, suck all of my 52 balls. Like, I just know the problem here is the government regulation. Like, yeah, sorry. I'm not buying it. I don't even smoke weed anymore and I'm not buying that crap. Sorry. Sell it someplace else. And I, I mean, I understand the energy aspect of this. I, I will understand where they're trying to come from. I still think it's a bunch of bullshit, but I mean, yeah, my is. ex-girlfriend was a reptile keeper. So, I mean, all the geckos could stay in, in a regular, moderately climate controlled room at regular room temperature for us, but all of her exotic snakes, all 23 of them, we had to put wow. in one. Yeah. She had, problems is this the one that tried to uh nope not that one oh that surprises me because someone who keeps 23 snakes is not a sane person (laughs) and 97 geckos why were you farming them for meat (laughs) no but that's actually an interesting idea i I was hoping maybe if uh something bad happened i could you know get a new pair of boots out of the pythons but i would i would eat I listen, I'd y'all know I would eat anything I had to eat to survive. I would eat people if I had to. So like, don't even worry about those geckos. They would make a fine meal very My quickly. My neighbors. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, um, everybody knows about my cannibalistic predilections. I'm not hiding anything. Don't get I in mean, a plane crash with me on it. But I mean, in that aspect, she had to keep, um, you know, uh, a UV lamp on opposite shifts as the rest of, uh, everything which no, i never understood why did why did they have to have it with the uv light on at night and in the dark during the day i didn't understand that but also the room had to be kept at approximately 85 degrees at all times Jesus. too and just having that one space heater in a small room our heating bill was outrageous i couldn't believe how low the heating bill here was here when i moved in here and it was just myself i couldn't believe how low the electricity and and utility bills were as soon as we weren't keeping reptiles Right. Yeah. Um, the same seems to be true with children. I noticed that people with children have astronomically high electric bills. I'm like, what yeah. are you keeping them under grow lights? Like, what are you <laughs> doing? Why? <laughs> I'm not a parent. Maybe you do have to keep them under grow lights. I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm sorry. This just seems to be the excuse that they roll out every time, you know, the, the, the masses are doing something that they can't like tax or control or, you know, whatever it is. And oh, it's endangering the climate. Like, okay, great. Uh, fuck the climate. <laughs> like, all right. Um, I we we got to do live chat, but uh, before we do that, just in case you got to drop out in the middle of it, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you, and then we'll go to live chat and where, where well, everything about you that you want them to know. Cool. Um, I will eat your leftist ass is the first thing I want you to know about me. <laughs> is, um, you, you can find me on Twitter at soup Canarchist. My YouTube channel is uh, the mad ones. Uh, if you, you, if you search bar, we are the mad ones, you'll see our yellow and black logo. Please follow us there. Also follow us on Odyssey and Rockfin. Um, all of our content is on Rockfin, whereas our most recent 10 episodes are on YouTube and we are live every Wednesday at 10 with an active live chat. So if you want to come in there and yell at me about how we could have gripped it by the husk, 
that's where you would do it. So please come <laughs> and while you're there, please subscribe to the channel. We're trying to get up to 500, which is like a milestone that we're just dying to have. So <laughs> please come follow our channel. We need it. And that's all. Okay. <laughs> um, we will do as much live chat as you can handle. If you've got to go, just say goodbye. But um, coming up here, starting with Nephilim Ninja of Nibiru says, I think I'm becoming a telefan of Ed, that is. Um, Ron Helton says, nope, if the university receives government money, then it should not be allowed to do that. No state money then, says Nephilim Ninja. Uh, Breakdown with Birkenhoff says, state schools, unis are $10,600 plus textbook. And he would be the expert right now because he is in, I believe you're in yeah. a state school right now too, aren't you, Wyatt? He's the youngster. Oh, He's he the young one youngster. of the group, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he is. Uh, McConnell Smuggles Coke says, don't deny it. College is the easiest way to get a six-figure salary job and a million-dollar professional degree. Yeah. Um, Ron Helton says, any school that doesn't recognize that this coof is overplayed and the young people do not need this jab deserves to cease to exist. No, that's not, that's not how the narrative goes, Ron. They peddle the narratives that the government wants. What's that? I said, I agree. <laughs> I agree with that. Have you ever seen the Dave Rubin uh, cartoon? Uh-uh. I will send that to you because it's hilarious. Freedom Tunes is every Dave Rubin episode ever. I agree with that. <laughs> um, let's see. McConnell Smuggles Coke says employers will require skills and a degree. Why would they ever drop the degree requirement? Only small businesses don't care. Yeah. I mean, if you're a wage slave for 10 years until you start having kids and that, that mortgage, why would they ever my drop husband, the degree? My husband works for a huge corporation. That, that corporation is based in a European country on top of that. And they're moving away from degrees. So I'm not sure that I agree with that. I think we're going to be seeing a change in the motivations and the requirements as we go down the, the line of the next 10 years. But we'll see. You got a compliment here. Nephilim Ninja says a physicist's husband. Jessica's going to have Jeannie's kids between the two. Inshallah. Uh, Helton says Wallowitz would probably fix the car for some barter. Just saying with a wink. <laughs> you behave. <laughs> uh, Chalaga is here. Says what's up, guys? Good to see you, Jessica. Ron Helton says paper, please. The Nazis won. Um, paper Chalaga says, yeah. Shalaga says you have to watch some submarine movies in small rooms. Um, das Boot. Uh, don't watch Das Boot in a claustrophobic environment. It will affect you, just by the way. Question for both of us here. Is the U.S. government evil or incompetent? Both. Evil. What do you think? I, I think it's both. I think there's a healthy mixture of both. Like they'll nice. put out that you know, like Biden photo of like, obviously it's not what they're claiming it to be. And they think, they think you're stupid enough to buy it. Like they're really very dumb. Chilaga points out it would piss off the normies based on traffic jams alone. If they did interstate travel checks. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. just yeah. seeing the backup at the toll booths over by where Chilaga lives? Cause I, I, he's not that far from me. Just seeing some of the backups at the toll booths would be enough to, and then you got to check your papers on top of it. You see how people get when fast food lines get too long. They're not going to put up with that shit. Uh, Nephilim says it consumes more CO2 than other plants. What are they talking about? It's a plant. That's a good point. Um, Chilaga says, I was driving last week when Jay made the point about 98 to 04 being all pro-cannabis Hollywood films. So true. 
Nephilim Ninja says, J. Edgar's former girlfriend was a reptile keeper. LOL. I didn't think you're cold-blooded, sir. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> um, and Ron Helton is going to get last word for the night here and says, would you stop staring at my butt? Hungry again? No, I will not. I'm coming after you first, man. Shake and bake. It's on. All right, so that's going to be the end of it here. Thank you once again. And like I said, we already got your selling of the wares done. So thank you once again for hanging out here. If you want to catch back up with us here after the show, you can catch us back on demand over on YouTube and over on BitChute.com. On the audio platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. Go check us out on all of those. And make sure you go check out The Daily Ignoramus, The Breakdown with Birkenhoff, The Porch Boys, the Freckles and Brit Show and the R-Rated Conservative all coming forward also to come on with our new project coming up. Announcements to be made in the near future after I write the email after the show and get BJ on board so she knows where we're coming from off of this. It's coming down the uh, pipes, guys. We're going to have something great coming out of this, and I hope that everybody comes and uh, consumes the content. I hope that my wonderful guest here will be a guest writer every once in a while as well. So we will see what happens with that and where that goes. Otherwise, you can go check us back out on any of the other platforms, and we're going to head out of here for the day. So thanks, everybody, once again. And as I always say, never take the words of bloggers, podcasters, or journalists as gospel. Find all the facts and draw your own conclusions. Jessica, will you give them a last word, please? Uh, yeah, just, you know, be really careful about everything that you hear about this Afghanistan situation. Look it up for yourself. That's He just gave you guys great advice, you know? Take You're not immune everyone. to propaganda. Bye.